Welcome to Tamimi Talks, an insightful podcast series on the latest legal news and developments across the Middle East and North Africa. Hi to everyone listening to this podcast. My name is Sarah Kalelata Ranjo. I'm a partner with Altanimi and Company. And I'm here today with my colleague, John Gaffney, Senior Counsel, to talk about a very important topic relating to the framework of arbitration in Africa, and more specifically, the arbitration framework provided under the OHADA system, as well as the COMESA system. We will discuss several items as part of today's podcast, primarily providing an overview of the arbitration frameworks under both OHADA and COMESA, as well as draw upon the importance of the recent changes to the arbitration framework of both OHADA and COMESA, the similarities and certain differences, and finally conclude with the key highlights and a way forward looking view as to what to anticipate next. So just to set the scene, um, I would like to start off by providing an overview as to what is OHADA by way uh, of a general introduction. And OHADA stands for the Organization for the Harmonization of Business Law in Africa, and therefore commonly known under the acronym OHADA. OHADA is an intergovernmental organization aimed at legal uh, integration, particularly addressing the legal and judicial insecurity in its member states. OHADA was established by the Treaty of Port-Louis, Mauritius on 17 October 1993, which was thereafter revised on 17 October 2008 in Quebec, Canada. Today, Cameroon, Chad, Congo, and 14 other mostly Francophone Western African states are members of OHADA. OHADA was created out of an economic crisis and a drastic fall in investment levels in Africa. Legal, judicial, and regulatory insecurities, including the lack of a robust dispute resolution infrastructure system through the local courts were identified among other things as a major cause of investor distrust. Obviously to remedy such a situation, OHADA was founded and was tasked with streamlining the legal environment of business law in order to guarantee the requisite legal and judicial security for the development and the flourishing of economic activities, including by providing a streamlined framework for dispute resolution with the aim of stimulating investments and creating a new development pool for what is quite of a significant consumer market of over 220 million individuals. I would leave it now to John to provide us with an overview as to COMESA, or uh, which stands for the acronym for the common market for Eastern and Southern Africa. Over to you, John. Thank you, Sarah. And good afternoon, everyone. The, um, as Sarah mentioned, the common market for Eastern and Southern uh, Africa acronym is COMESA, is the largest regional economic organization or 
regional economic community in Africa. COMESA was established in December 1994 under the treaty establishing the common market for Eastern and Southern Africa, otherwise known as the COMESA uh, Treaty. And that replaced a preferential trade area which had existed since 1981. Geographically, COMESA covers almost two thirds of the African continent with an area of uh, 12 million square kilometers. It's defined as being established in the COMESA Treaty as an organization of free, independent sovereign states which have agreed to cooperate in developing their natural and human resources for the good of all their people. As such, it has a wide ranging series of objectives which necessarily include in its priorities, the promotion of peace and security in the region. COMESA's current strategy is summed up in the phrase, economic prosperity through regional integration. As a result, COMESA is a major marketplace for both internal and external trade. So that concludes the overview of OHADA and COMESA. And so what we'd like to now to turn to is the question of why are we discussing this and why is this important? I'm going to hand back to Sarah to speak about OHADA. So the reason for which we're uh, discussing this important topic with you all today, um, primarily the framework of OHADA and COMESA arbitration, is because there was a recent amendment to the framework of these respective systems. And so the new OHADA arbitration framework, which was published on 15 December 2017 in the official journal of OHADA, came into force on 15 March 2018. In accordance with the revised arbitration framework of OHADA, the Uniform Act on Arbitration Law, which is commonly referred to as the Uniform Act, and the rules of arbitration of the Common Court of Justice and Arbitration, which is also commonly referred to as the CCGA rules, replaced the previous versions dated 1999 and 1996 respectively. So after more than 20 years and a much needed reform, OHADA introduced a very timely and much needed framework for its arbitrations. And the new OHADA arbitration framework aims to make the OHADA region a more attractive business environment through a more streamlined and efficient dispute resolution offering. And to give a little bit of a background with respect to the interplay between the Uniform Act and the CCJA rules, it is worth stating that the Uniform Act is directly applicable to all OHARA member states. Parties can commence ad hoc or institutional arbitration administered by an institution other than the CCGA under the Uniform Act, subject to the seat chosen being within an OHARA member state. Parties are also welcome to initiate proceedings administered by the CCGA under the CCGA rules, 
subject to either one of the parties being domiciled in a Hara state, an Ohara state, um, um, state, or alternatively, if the contract being the subject matter of the dispute is wholly or partially being performed in Ohada member state. And so therefore, the rationale materia application of those dual instruments, which definitely form a distinguishing feature under Ohada application, are noteworthy to note. And in the recent changes and amendments to the OHADA framework, it is important to highlight that the new reforms extend the scope of OHADA arbitrations from a ratione materia perspective to also include investment arbitrations pursuant to Article 2.1 of the CCGA rules and Articles 1 and 2 of the Uniform Act. With this, I would now hand it back over to John, who will give us an overview as to the relevance and importance of the, today's discussion with respect to the COMESA framework of arbitration. Thanks, Sarah. Article 28 of the COMESA Treaty grants the COMESA Court of Justice jurisdiction to hear and determine any matter arising from one, an arbitration clause contained in a contract to which the common market or any of its, its institutions is a party which confers such jurisdiction, or two, on matters arising from a dispute between member states regarding the treaty, if the dispute is submitted to it under a special agreement between member states concerned. It follows, therefore, that only disputes involving COMESA or its institutions and third parties, or disputes between COMESA member states in which the arbitration clause or special agreement gives jurisdiction to the Court of Justice, may be submitted to COMESA arbitration. Therefore, commercial disputes between private parties cannot be brought to the Court of Justice for arbitration. In exercise of the powers conferred upon it by the COMESA Treaty, the Court of Justice, with the approval of the COMESA Council, issued the COMESA Court Arbitration Rules in 2018, to which I'll refer as, as the COMESA Rules or COMESA Arbitration Rules. These relatively new rules marked a revision and repeal of the original rules governing arbitration COMESA, which were issued in 2003. The COMESA rules apply to any matter that is to be determined by the Court of Justice pursuant to Article 28 of the treaty. All right, so now we will switch over to a brief exercise whereby we'll touch upon areas of convergence, as well as areas of divergence between the OHADA arbitration framework and the COMESA rules. So over to you, John, to briefly talk to us about the areas of similarities between both sets of frameworks. Uh, certainly, Sarah. 
So there is a number of similarities, but I'm just going to remark briefly on around four of them. Um, first off, there is some degree of commonality in the membership of both OHADA and COMESA. Uh, Comoros and the Democratic Republic of Congo belong to both organizations. As Sarah had mentioned above and, and myself in the context of COMESA, both of these organizations have recently updated their arbitration frameworks. As such, both organizations stand to benefit from the growing movement in recent times in favor of having African disputes arbitrated in Africa. In 2016, at an ICA conference, the a judge of the International Court of Justice um, complained at the time in relation to the, the need to re relocalize arbitration in Africa and warned about that the lack of participation of African arbitrators raises questions about the legitimacy of the process. So we see here very much a move to relocalizing arbitration in Africa uh, as a result of the development of these arbitration rules. And so it's not a coincidence that both sets of arbitral frameworks, both AWADA and COMESA, have been recently updated in response to concerns uh, raised regarding uh, the arbitration of African disputes in Africa. So having noted those points of similarities, um, I'm going to turn out to Sarah to discuss a little bit about the points of difference between the, the organizations and in particular, um, the arbitration rules um, applicable under both uh, sets of, or under both organizations, I should say. Sarah. So, so in terms of areas of divergence, we shall only endeavor today in our session to touch, touch upon the major areas of differences, noting that there are quite a few, but for the purpose of today's podcast, we will touch upon uh, three areas of divergence between the OHADA arbitration framework and then the COMESA framework for arbitrations. As was indicated earlier on in this podcast, the OHADA arbitration framework is governed by two bodies. On one hand, the Uniform Act on Arbitration, which is principally inspired by the UNCITRAL model law on international arbitration, as well as the CCGA rules. Whereas the framework for COMESA arbitration is governed by the COMESA arbitration rules. Second, it's worth noting as well that only disputes involving COMESA or its institutions and third parties and disputes between member states in which the arbitration clause or special agreement therein gives jurisdiction to the court of justice may be submitted to COMESA arbitration. Therefore, commercial disputes between private parties cannot be brought to the COMESA court of justice for arbitration. This is not the case under the OHADA arbitration framework, as was discussed earlier on in this podcast, which provides for quite of an expansive scope of its application. 
And from a procedural perspective, while there was a much needed necessity to restore confidence in the framework of OHARA arbitration, which was dubbed before its recent amendments as not necessarily legally secure in terms of form, substance, and ultimate enforceability of arbitral awards arising out of the OHADA framework of arbitration, it's worth noting that the recent amendments as well to the OHADA framework for arbitration have resulted in a much more uh, compliant framework with standards of international best practices as, for example, both the Uniform Act under sections 8.1, for example, and the CCGA rules under article 21.1 now cover scenarios involving multi-party disputes and ultimately as well the joinder of parties, which is a feature not found under COMESA arbitration framework. And to probably sum up and shift over to the key highlights and takeaways from our discussion today, the reform of OHADA has provided the requisite clarity, even though certain gray areas remain, though clarity has been brought forward with regards to several aspects of OHADA's dispute resolution framework, including, for example, the scope of application of arbitration agreements, the expeditious conduct of the arbitration, the procedure for appointing and challenging arbitrator, as well as added clarity on the enforcement and recognition regimes of arbitral awards. And as was indicated earlier on this podcast, the Uniform Act now includes investment treaties and investment codes as new basis for OHADA arbitration. And this has led shortly after the coming into effect of the new OHADA framework for arbitration, the state of Cote d'Ivoire to adopt a new investment code, which replaced exit arbitration with CCGA as the preferred investor state dispute resolution form. As indicated earlier, there are certain areas that would still merit improvement, even though the framework for OHARA arbitration have come a very long way since its introduction back in the late 90s. And following the setback in 2015, uh, after the case of Getma International and others versus the Republic of Guinea, where a lot of criticism have been raised with regards to the OHADA regime. One of the areas for improvement of the OHADA arbitration framework is with respect to the enforceability of arbitral awards. In accordance with the Uniform Act, the competent state judge must issue an order of exequatur under Article 30.1, 
However, the issue remains that there is presently no uniform executive regime or cross-border enforcement passport across OHARA member states. Accordingly, parties must apply for executive separately in each member in which it wishes to enforce the award. And it's worth noting that all member states have not yet designated a competent state judge institution for this purpose. However, while the, the, the issues just touched upon at the enforceability stage of the award are quite critical to the effectiveness of arbitration as a dispute resolution mechanism, under the OHADA regime, such an issue does not find existence under the CCGA rules where arbitral awards issued under the CCGA are enforced through an order of exequature by the CCGA, which is binding on all OHADA state members. Therefore, while there are areas for improvements on that front, investors looking for effective court decisions on enforcement of awards will undoubtedly welcome the feature under the CCGA rules. Now over to you, John, with regards to the key takeaways under the COMESA regime and possible areas for improvement. Thank you, Sarah. Well, as we mentioned earlier, uh, like OHADA, COMESA has updated its arbitration rules uh, in 2018. And the rules have come a long way since 2003. They contain detailed provisions on key arbitration issues, such as the composition and jurisdiction of the arbitral tribunal, the seat and place of arbitration, the arbitral proceedings, the award and costs. This recent modernization of the COMESA arbitration rules brings them very much in line with international best practice and as such is welcome and timely. But as with all rules, uh, the COMESA rules would benefit from updating in a number of discrete areas. Uh, these include the use of modern means of technology, confidentiality, and joinder and consolidation. Uh, the COMESA rules are not alone in particular in requiring a revision to reflect the use of modern means of technology in circumstances where the ongoing pandemic has forced the arbitration world to embrace virtual hearings uh, to a greater extent than might otherwise have been the case. And for that reason, it's incumbent uh, on COMESA, as well as other organizations institutions, to review carefully whether the rules are fit for purpose with regard to the use of modern means of technology and the avoidance of any um, basis on which to um, challenge awards where the arbitration process has been conducted in part at least using modern means of technology. Sarah, would you like to, um, to conclude uh, and I'll be happy to add uh, my uh, observations in your concluding section. Thank you, John. And so just to recap as to the comments that were made at the outset of this podcast, as the goal of OHARA as an organization tasked with 
economic integration was to eliminate, and I'm quoting from the establishing and founding treaty of Bolivia, illegal and judicial certainty aimed at obviously eliminating such uncertainty. The Uniform Act and the CCGA rules have gone a long way to achieve this noble objective. As a testament to Ohara's efforts to enhance its attractiveness as a business-friendly territory, the revised framework for arbitration under Ohara was also supplemented by the introduction of a new Uniform Act on Mediation, which is modeled on the 2020 UNCITRAL Model Law on International Commercial Conciliation, which was adopted on 23rd of November 2017, and which also entered into force on 15 March 2018, along with the noteworthy amendments to the OHADA arbitration framework. Over to you, John, uh, for any concluding remarks. Thank you, Sarah. As we uh, noted earlier, there are obviously, in the case of Comesta, some areas of proposed reform, but I do wish to add that these are councils of perfection. And the very fact that we are discussing on, on this podcast such high level of improvements testifies, in our view, to the emergence of Africa as a locus for international arbitration and thereby address the concerns about the delocalization of African disputes away from Africa and hopefully marks a move towards the relocalization of African disputes in Africa. So exciting times and one that our firm will be um, following very carefully. And indeed, John, and uh, indeed there has been a rise and an emergence in Africa's influence in the arbitration sphere and that influence is set to be further on the rise in the coming years. This is definitely a welcome development for the international arbitration community and the promising features of the current arbitration landscape in Africa. As a firm here at Altamimi and Company, we are excited and look forward to the developments of the arbitration framework and its implementation in Africa and have been recently involved in the successful enforcement of a few OHADA arbitral awards in the Middle East region. On this note, I thank you all for your attention and we look forward to being in touch with you through a different topic on another podcast and occasion. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening to Tamimi Talks. Stay updated with all the latest legal news and developments on our social media channels.